Hello again, my friends. You are tuned into another episode of Third Down Gamble, the CFL betting podcast, hosted by myself, Kyle McMahon. This is part two of the show for week four. This will be a short one with just one more game to go over. So without further ado, Jake Myers, Calgary Stampeders will go on the road to Winnipeg, where we see the Bombers currently listed as seven-point favorites after opening around five and a half, with an over-under at 44 and a half points. Injuries. Things still do not look very promising for the Blue Bombers in this department. Of all the guys they have banged up, it doesn't look like they'll be getting too many of them back. Andrew Harris has remained limited with a calf injury, though this is the second week now he's been on the practice field, but it still doesn't look uh, overly optimistic that he's going to be on the field on Sunday. Nick Dembski has remained sidelined. Looks like Darwin Adams still isn't quite 100% uh, despite playing last week. And while we've seen Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeffcoat limited in practice for multiple weeks now and still appearing to be fine on game day, Jeffcoat was not even on the practice field at all until Friday this week. That would be a huge loss if either one of these guys can't go. And it looks like defensive back Brandon Alexander might also be on the shelf now. By contrast, Calgary's only big concern coming in, Bo Levi Mitchell's broken leg aside, might be the status of place kicker Rene Paredes. He was limited throughout the week, but he was a full participant on Friday. And that's pretty much it for the Stamps as far as key players go. All right, so Winnipeg comes back home after getting shellacked on the road last week. And they definitely do seem to be a team that just has a different air and confidence about them when playing in front of their fans right now. But while a boisterous crowd can help out a defense by making it harder for the opposing offense to hear the quarterback calling out signals at the line... You can't really give your own offense much of a boost with the crowd, and this is where the Bombers are having issues right now. This is a team that has based their offense around Andrew Harris in the run game in general for quite a while now, and his absence seems to grow larger with each passing game. We've seen this team go from a 57% success rate on 23 carries in the season opener down to 16 carries in Week 2, and last week just 7 design run plays called, and that is a shockingly low number for this club, and it wasn't because the pass game was having success. I'd be looking for them to hit the reset button a little bit here, and Calgary so far hasn't been very good at stopping the run, conceding a 53% opponent success rate through 3 games with over 15% of those carries gashing them for 10-plus. The Stampeders did come into this season looking a little thin in the front seven. So far, I'd say they've been passable, but I would give the Bombers' offensive line a decisive edge in this matchup, and how well they can exploit that is going to go a long way towards determining whether or not this offense is on their front foot or not. The Stampeders' secondary has been somewhat boom or bust so far, holding opponents under a 50% success rate the last two games, but giving up 20-plus yards on about a quarter of their allowed completions. We know the Bombers have had pretty good success hitting on deep balls when they do go long. I think they could probably hit on a couple here, but avoiding the pick that takes points off the board will be crucial as scoring opportunities remain at a premium through three weeks of largely defensive football across the CFL. Calgary's offense is operating somewhat differently than we're used to. In fact, I'd say they're looking more like the offense we normally see Winnipeg run, with just about half of the Stampeders' first down play calls being runs through three games, and that run game has been pretty efficient for them. Not a lot of huge gainers for Kadeem Carey, but 
He's consistently racking up positive yardage, and Calgary has been very good at keeping themselves out of second and long situations. This is important, especially with a rookie quarterback. It keeps the playbook open and the defense guessing. Meyer threw a couple early picks last week, but I thought he settled in quite well after that and was able to find gaps in coverage of, of Often enough to keep the chains moving with nearly 40% to dropbacks, resulting in 10-plus yard gains in that game last week. The Bombers looked bad in coverage against the Argonauts anytime the pass rush didn't get penetration, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how often Calgary runs sets with an extra blocker. The big fullback, Antti Milanovic-Litre, has been a fairly active component in this offense as far as fullbacks go in this day and age. And while his primary role may be as a blocker with the two Winnipeg behemoths coming in off the edge, he's a guy that has been quite effective on occasions where he does get the football. And if Calgary has a successful day on offense, I I wouldn't be surprised if he plays kind of an under-the-radar effective part in that. In the receiving core, Josh Huff and Markeith Ambles, two guys who'd been a bit disappointing in the first two games of the year, both showed up big last week with over 100 yards each. You've heard me say repeatedly on this con- on this podcast that the best pass defense is a strong pass rush, and Winnipeg takes this to the extreme, but if the Stamps offensive line holds up, there's no reason they shouldn't move the ball effectively against a pass defense. That has given up 10 or more yards on half of all completions allowed this season. So we saw this line open up around the 5.5 mark, got down as low as 5. Then suddenly shot up to a full touchdown throughout the day on Friday, something I found mildly surprising given the injury situation in Winnipeg. If you're banking on the Bombers winning by more than a touchdown right now, you're you're really leaning on that defensive line to force at least a couple turnovers, in my opinion. Now, we saw last week what they did to Nick Arbuckle in the Argos ripping, I think it was four balls they, they ripped loose there, but that's something that's very tough to replicate week over week. We've seen Calgary's offense turn the ball over a lot so far, but you got to remember a number of those interceptions were thrown by a quarterback with a broken leg. We had a bad snap last week on a bit of a fluky play, cause another one, so I'm not quite ready to label the Stampeders as turnover prone, but they do need to clean that up a little bit. If they can keep things to, say, a single turnover that you know doesn't occur inside their own red zone, I think there's a very decent chance for them to actually win this game outright. I think the market has has been a little slow to appreciate how bad Winnipeg's offense has performed. And, you know, you got to remember all three of their games played so far for the Bombers came against defenses with a significant number of injuries. Harris's absence is going to get most of the attention for obvious reasons. But Nick Dembski, for my money, has been the second most important component to that offense in recent history. And with the style of play the Bombers like to operate You need a playmaker that can sneak out of the backfield and make defenders miss. And with Dembski on the sidelines, Winnipeg just does not have that right now. If you're on the stamps in this one and Jefferson and Jeffcoat just run wild again and that's what sinks you, you know, so be it. Uh, But I I think at a full touchdown, that's a risk you're willing to take, particularly with both of them uh, evidently banged up a little bit. From more of an overall standpoint, this this season across the league in general has been fairly chaotic, fairly random, which is not shocking given the circumstances. We're, we're seeing game totals much lower than we're used to seeing. Unders are hitting consistently, so from a mathematics standpoint, getting seven points in a game where 44 is the market's projected total, and we're not even seeing a lot of games get to those projected totals, 
I mean, that's a lot different than getting seven points in a situation where, where you've got a total at, at 50 plus, you know, without a defense or special teams, either scoring or setting up their offenses inside field goal range, at least we're just not seeing teams pushing past 20 points so far. And Winnipeg's only just limped their way to that 20-point mark on the scoreboard in the last three games, and in spite of getting huge help from the defense in terms of short fields to work with. Teams favored by more than a field goal are now sitting at 2-8 and eight against the number so far, most of those being outright losses. Market correction is going to come at some point, but for now, I, I think anyone not named the Red Blacks getting a full touchdown is a play you just have to make. And I'll go a step further here and suggest that the Stampeders on the money line at plus 200 is a bet worthy of consideration. That will wrap up a short edition of week four on third down gamble. Next week, of course, is Labor Day weekend with three of the four games not taking place until Sunday or Monday. So we will have a little extra time for handicapping. Hopefully that's to our advantage. Thanks as always for tuning in. You can always get in touch with me at cflbettingpodcast at gmail.com with any questions, comments, or feedback. And hopefully a good showing by the Stampeders on Sunday evening gives us some positive momentum heading into the middle third of a season that is already flying by fast. Good luck with all your bets this weekend, and we will talk again very soon.